0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I'm saying
1: that we should go back to a very progressive tax policy, like what we had
2: under Dwight D. Eisenhower. Which would
0: mean that, that uh, after over yeah. a billion dollars, basically it yeah. all goes to the government.
2: I, you may disagree with me. But I'm I just asking. Fine. Yeah, I
1: think people can make it on nine hundred, you know, ninety nine
2: billion
0: dollars. Thank goodness. Bernie Sanders is here to let us know the exact amount of money you can make it on. See, today it's taxed like Eisenhower and anything over a billion dollars should be taxed to basically 100 percent. You shouldn't be allowed to to earn that that money. And, and and tomorrow it's it's $899 million because after all, I think people can make it on uh, that money. And then it's $464,000 a year because I think people can make it on that money. The very second someone, a government official, whoever it may be, it doesn't matter who, who the fool is. The very moment someone says, I think you can make it on... They are making a statement that they should be allowed to have dominion over you, your production, your success. The minute someone says, I think you can make it on blank, is the minute they say, I think you can live without that third car, is the minute they say, you don't need to have a 4,000 square foot house, is the minute they say, is the minute they say, is the minute they say. Anybody willing to give this fool power deserves the life that they get. The problem is, it might then put upon me a life that I didn't ask for. I don't want. I sure as bloody hell don't deserve. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. And let me say... Uh, just, just, uh, for, for clarity's sake, oh, we are moving forward nicely with it's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders. You know, he wrote the book, it's okay to be angry about capitalism. He, he wrote that, that book and, uh, he thinks of how he's so, he's so smart. He's so funny. So funny. So smart. He's a smart, funny uh, guy. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. Why would anybody be angry about capitalism? The, the system that has set people free, the system that has created more wealth than anything the world has ever seen. Perfect? Well, what's perfect. But the best system devised by man, you bet. And so he wrote a book, and he's selling the book, and then he does a tour, and it costs you $95 uh, to see him. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. Pay me $95 to find out why. So I'm only going to charge, I, I think it's going to be $55. And, and then I'm going to tell you why it's okay to be angry with Bernie Sanders. And it's exactly things like this. It's exactly things like this. So our plan is to do it as a as a live show and uh then um uh, I've spoken with some people about taking it uh, on tour. Because well, people have to know. People have to know it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be disgusted with Bernie Sanders, this this really, you know, kind of filthy guy when when you think about how he how abusive he is, how, how proud he is of, of, of wanting to abuse, because of course it's abusive. Meanwhile Joe Biden wants you to know that the banks have got everything under control. I'm pleased to say that the regulators have taken action to facilitate the sale of First Republic Bank. And ensure that all depositors are protected and the taxpayers are not on the hook. Of course the taxpayer is on the hook. Again, another falsehood. Of course the taxpayer is on the hook. We just talked about it with Dr. Matt Will, of course. This this is not even a a debate but none of these things were actually the subject that I wanted to to get to it was just some stuff that had come across the, the trance of no the subject I want to get to is the White House Correspondents Dinner and Roy Wood Jr who I, I if he's if he's funny on the daily show okay I don't watch the daily show so I, I don't want to say that the guy stand up isn't funny I I don't know I will tell you from what I heard of the White House Correspondents Dinner not so funny Kind of the same old boring stuff, but I want to share with you something that got said because it is a great example of what it is that we know to be true, that the press, and when we say the press, like, like sometimes people are like, well, Tony, you're the press. I'm commentary, I'm not a journalist, right there There is a difference. But if we were to engage uh, the, the, the vastness of it all, on the political right, you've got talk radio, Fox News, Newsmax. And on the political left, you've got everything else that has ever existed. ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, everything out of Seattle, never mind the entirety of Hollywood. Oh, and Academia. It's a lot of leftism. Even when you want to talk about uh, how, uh, how uh, Fox News dominates in the ratings, well, that's because Fox News is playing to half the country and all the other outlets are playing to, let's say, the other half of the country. But if you were to take a look at the long tail and how many of those outlets there are and how much audience they get, they get a far greater audience than Fox News. They do. Don't deny that the left is still the dominant force in in media and the left makes moves and engages maneuvers to protect their people. We know this because Secretary Blinken, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, clearly pushed to have people write an email or write a letter to say that Hunter Biden's laptop was nothing more than Russian misinformation. He did this. He did this in the hopes, it seems, of getting a cabinet position. He became Secretary of State. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin is making no bones about this. That Secretary Blinken said he never wrote an email uh, to Hunter Biden, certainly on his behalf. Turns out that he did. And Johnson is saying that Blinken flat out lied. Flat out lied to Congress. Which should be an impeachable offense, one would uh, assume. Certainly something that someone should resign over if they had any decency whatsoever. But this is the Biden administration, and I'm not going to listen to, oh, that Trump is so indecent. Joe Biden's an indecent dude, he's a bad guy, not a nice guy. I saw somebody saying that the problem with going after Biden is that you want to like him. Nah. I'm not I'm not buying. I am not buying that. There's no problem with discussing Biden's failings, Biden's uh, lack of comprehension. I mean, the amount of people trying to push that everything is fine with Biden, not a problem in the world. Did you hear Secretary Mayorkas on Meet the Press?
2: Or do you trust that government to allow us to do that? So,
0: Chuck, we need resources for... Oh, I'm sorry. That's him lying about what makes a secure border. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's got so much crap that he's spewing. I can't keep track of it all. But yeah, he's out there saying, oh my gosh, let me tell you, let me tell you that uh, that Joe Biden is uh, sharp as a tack, sharp as a tack, not a problem in the world. Oh he's just super fine
1: there's a lot of questions about president biden and his ability to serve in a second term um you see him up close face to face what say you is he up for a, is he up for a second term
0: oh chuck hundred percent uh incredibly sharp incredibly probing incredible command of the details mm-hmm. uh probing on the details um asking tough questions uh absolutely i'm incredibly proud uh to serve in his administration I am incredibly proud of the work that we have done across the board. We have full confidence he can serve a second term? 100%. Sure. What else is the guy going to say? Why was that question even asked by Chuck Todd? What is he going to say? Biden, second term. What are you, nuts? Have you not seen this ice cream chasing schmuck? This guy can't run for a second term. Who are you kidding? He can run for a second nap. And that's about it. I was on Fox over uh, the weekend. I I should share that with you. And this thing came up about him not having energy. And then the guy I was uh, on the panel with, well, he can handle this. He can handle that. He doesn't take morning meetings. He doesn't take evening meetings. He doesn't do things on the weekends. He works between 10 and 4, just like you thought your papa should. Except he's president of the United States. But why ask Mayorkas what other answer could he possibly, possibly give? But I bring up Blinken because we know the level of media uh, out there that lied about the Hunter Biden laptop. They lied. Hunter Biden is involved with Ukraine. Hunter Biden is involved with China. His father is absolutely involved, and he worked to enrich the entire Biden family. These are the facts. We know this. We're not pretending. When I say we know this, we have emails, we have corroboration. I don't know what else we're looking for. And when I say we have corroboration, we know that the emails are legit. 10% to the big guy. That's a mystery? We don't know who the big guy is? In the Biden family, we don't know who the big guy is? Can we stop now? But we know that when the press put it out there, oh, Russia disinformation, they never actually looked on their own. They never cared. They never cared about what it is that they were being told. What they cared about is how do we protect Joe Biden? They never cared about the news. And Chuck Todd never cared about the the, the data. He never cared about the facts. Jake Tapper never cared about the data, never cared about the facts. Neither did Willie Geist. Neither did, uh, name name the person. They didn't care their job was to do their job. Now we've heard that before, but rarely do we get to hear it with such directness. This is Roy Wood Jr. of The Daily Show. He is the host, the MC of the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which took place over the weekend. And this is one of the jokes that he told. I want you to hear it in full because it requires a breakdown and it proves what it is that we're saying here.
2: And also, speaking of drag queens, can, can we stop with the grooming stuff? Can you stop talking about that? Drag queens are not at a school to groom your kids. Stop it. And even if they were, most of them kids gonna get shot at school, it ain't no problem. Don't groan, past legislation. <laughs> booze gonna bother me i'm like i'm like mitch mcconnell i ain't got no soul (laughs) it's a tumultuous time in the media though we got layoffs everywhere buzzfeed news npr axios he then tries to move
0: on to another thing first of all how unfunny of a joke never mind how wrong he is about drag queens in school um, but uh, everyone's getting shot. <laughs> That's so funny. It's this that requires your attention.
2: And even if they were, most of them kids going to get shot at school. It ain't no problem.
0: D- <laughs> D- don't go on
2: legislation.
0: <laughs> now, there are senators and members of Congress there, but this is the White House correspondence dinner. Why is he telling reporters to pass legislation? Because he's telling reporters to pass legislation. Because that is how they view the gig. I don't believe that's a slip of the tongue. I don't believe he's talking to the politicos in the audience. I believe he's talking to the audience. And they believe that their job is to get certain pieces of legislation passed. So we'll talk about this subject and not talk about that subject. We'll only push this narrative and we won't admit to those things over there. Everything that Roy Wood has in this less than sixty seconds shows you. First, if I was just gonna base it on this, it'd be like, "Wow, is he unfunny?" I don't think you can just base it on on this. Could have just had a bad night. Could have just hit a bad joke. I didn't. I didn't watch the thing. From what I heard, meh. From what I heard, meh. But you know, uh, one man's meh is another man's yeah. I just I just made that up on the spot. You might want to put that on a t shirt right now. Can I copyright that? Is it too late? But I think this is a remarkably telling joke. Don't groan at me, pass legislation. The press should do their job to move the narrative. The press should do this. The press should do that. Not actually report. Not engage in data. Forget all that crap. That's unnecessary hooey. What should they do? This. I thought that was very, very telling stuff. And important stuff, by the way. If you only heard one thing and that's all you heard, well, you probably heard enough from the White House Correspondents Dinner. I'm Tony Katz. Total assault. Total assault. Because, because we're yeah. winning in the polls. If I wasn't well, upholding 40, 50, 50, is the polls, polls are there? 62 16. Well, De Sanctis is uh, failing badly. Ronda Sanctimonious. I mean, you know, it's always bad. You endorse somebody, he's dead. He's he's over his political career. He's going to be looking for a job. He'll be lucky to get a job comes to me, begs me for a endorsement, I give it to him, he ends up winning the election, winning the nomination, winning the election, by numbers that you wouldn't believe. I mean he was so far down he was gone. And then they shout to him a couple of years later, "Will you run against the president?" I have no comment. Now, no comment means the answer is yes, right? But today, a very interesting thing happened. He said he's going to form a committee. He's going to form exploratory. an exploratory committee to determine. Well, that's a big step because he was never looking at committees. Now he's looking at committees. That is Donald Trump on air with Steve Bannon talking about 2024. Okay. This is the same, same rehash. I made DeSantis. I made his life. I made his career. He's not being loyal in the meantime. All right. Florida GOP lawmakers have cleared the path for Governor Ron DeSantis to run for president
1: without resigning. On Friday, the legislators tweaked a law that currently requires candidates in the state seeking higher office to give up their elected post once they qualify for the ballot. DeSantis has not yet officially announced that he's running for the Republican nomination, but is widely expected to jump into the race in the coming weeks after Florida lawmakers conclude their legislative session. So with me right now, to Yeah, talk- uh,
0: it's very possible that DeSantis is going to announce in maybe the next two weeks. I said June. If it, uh, well, I should take that back. I said as late as possible. I said, my God, I don't care if you don't get in until 24. You're you're, you're clearly the guy everybody's talking about. But there does come a moment where you got to make the jump and you got to get in the fray and you got to punch back at Trump. What's fascinating, I think, uh, for a lot of people is Trump, doesn't take punches to the face no no one on the political right punches trump in the face it's it's pretty necessary stuff mind you but it 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 doesn't it doesn't happen so what happens when it does how does trump respond i've already seen how the trump people respond uh the trump people respond like like little kids they're not ready for 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 the fight I'm talking about the people like on the payroll, the people in the social media world, uh, the, the the whole thing. Oh, my God. They are so not prepared. It's so weak. As far as I'm concerned, let everybody run. Let them run and let's see what they have to say. Let let them fight it out. But I'm not going to listen to anybody tell me, well, you got to have loyalty. I, I, I won't... There's a lot of things, policy-wise, that i listen to Trump about, and a lot of things that I, I, I like and respect and enjoy and want to see more of, I'm not letting uh, I, him talk to me about the whole loyalty thing. It just so falls on deaf ears. I don't know about you. May, maybe it works for you. I don't think it works for Americans. I think it, fa- it works for his base. Falls on deaf ears. If you disagreed with Trump, would Trump be loyal to you? That's what people ask. And they're like, nah. Were the people Trump picks, you know, the very good people? Were they loyal? Nah. So, with that, let them run. Let's get this on already. This is Tony Katz today. It's a pretty solid piece over there at National Review. There's no appeasing transgender activists, and that's accurate. Just like in in, in many ways, there's no actually appeasing the the activists in general. If if the objective is the the call it the revolution, however you want to describe it. If that's if that's the objective, if that's the purpose, if that's the goal, then the thing has to keep going. The anger has to keep moving. It's just the way it's got to be. There, there's actually no other way that it can be. Guys, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, that's the name of the show. Good uh, to be with you. The phone number, 833-468-8669-833-GOT-TONY. It's from Madeline Kearns. Uh, and it's, It is it is a smart piece in that it's it's recognizing this incredible issue that the transgender activist not only doesn't want to stop, but the transgender activist, sorry for whoever may very well be insulted, wants to get violent and actually is getting violent. We're seeing this. We're seeing this everywhere. It was violent, by the way, when you said, well, if you use the wrong pronoun, uh, you're guilty of a crime. If you use the wrong pronoun, you should go to jail. Um, it's, 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 it's It's worse than anything else you could possibly do. Well, none of that is true. Compelling speech is worse than anything else you can do. Telling somebody they have to say something. Never mind that you shouldn't say something. You have to say something that's immoral and obscene. That's disgusting. That's, that's flat out horrific. And of course, because these things have been going uh, down the road that they've been going on, no one should be surprised that you get to a, a unique part two conversation where you have people that are now choosing to identify as being handicapped. They're choosing to identify as somebody who has some issues so they they can get attention and, B, you're seeing this uh, for for opportunity. Why not? Why not? This brings us to the importance of what is uh, HR 734, which is the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, an act that people like Megan Rapino of the U.S. Women's Soccer Team and Sue Bird, uh, a WNBA player, were so radically opposed to. And then most re- recently, uh, former Russian jailbird Brittany Greiner. Let me bring in the one and only, uh, Representative Kat Kamek of, of Florida, who, uh, is my all time, uh, favorite from the Florida third district. You just finished up a farm tour, which we're gonna get yeah. into, uh, and, and talking about these issues, but you did vote for the protection of women in sports. In the state of Florida, Representative, what is it that you're hearing from from families? What are you hearing from moms? What are you hearing uh, from from these girls? And what is your argument to the people who tell you that trans kids just want to play?
1: Tony, <laughs> oh, good to see you. And uh, I'm glad that I've been upgraded from your second favorite to your fave. So that's progress. For now.
0: <laughs> For now. We'll see how it goes today.
1: Stop! Stop. You love me. You love me. Uh, No, it's it's to me common sense. Think about this. We have fought for how many years, how many generations uh, for women to have the opportunity to to play, um, to partake in sports. Heck, I remember when I was in high school, uh, I wanted to join the golf team. And they told me that I wasn't allowed to join the golf team because I was a girl. And so they had to start one because I had raised my hand and said, hey, I want to golf. And, you know, back in the day, I was playing basketball. I was playing volleyball. I was playing softball. I was a multi-sport athlete. And um, even in the early 2000s, there still wasn't equal boys and girls sports. So um, the fact that we are now to this point where we've gone backwards, right? Uh, I call it clown world it's it's now at a point in time where we've been yelled at for god knows how many years to follow the science and all of a sudden we're saying hey biologically these boys have completely different bone structures muscular structures uh hormones all these things and it is a one unfair advantage but two it's dangerous look no further than um what has happened in MMA look at what has happened in volleyball there was recently a volleyball player who took a spike right to the face and was concussed as a result and it was a trans uh, player who was able to do that I mean it's just it's just wholly unfair it's not right and while I don't have kids yet if I have a daughter in the future I want her playing against girls not boys dressed as girls and it's listen I'm very libertarian in the sense that if that's what you want to do with your life—that is your call. No government, no one should be able to tell you otherwise. But when you start infringing on other people's rights, that's when we have to draw the line. Should
0: should government be able to engage a whoa whoa whoa? You can't do that when we're talking about children, because I'd be with you on adults. Adults being able to make that call, whether I understand it or not, is completely inconsequential. Children seems to be a different subject.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. If you want, as an adult, if you want to dress up or, you know, whatever you want to do, that's your call. I think, you know, that's, that's, you know, the beauty of America, but for kids, that's the whole thing, you know, If you're in school and particularly if you're in public school, which is funded with taxpayer dollars, I think we have an obligation to uphold Title IX. And when you look at the university system where Title IX has protected women's sports like basketball, uh, golf, volleyball, you name it, it's been covered. And now we're having conversations about women um, now having to compete against men it's wrong. It's just wrong. I mean, I think uh, I go back to this. I feel like I'm living in clown world where all of a sudden we're the ones who are um, somehow doing something bad because we're protecting women's sports. It's crazy. Um, You know, I had this conversation with my mom and I said, you know, when I was growing up playing all these sports as a kid, you know, did you ever think that I would be playing against boys? And she's like, well, you know, at some point, it's no longer just fun it's competitive and when you're a competitive athlete it can be dangerous and so many of these women are learning firsthand what it means when you're having to compete
0: against a man and you, it's not ending well it it, it also it, part of this seems to be it really does seem to blow up a feminist doctrine uh, that a uh, uh, um, woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, the famous Gloria Steinem uh, line. Like somehow it is, it is this insulting thing to recognize that there are indeed physical differences between us. And if there are indeed physical things, uh, differences between us, well, then there is such a thing as a woman, there is such a thing as a man, and biologically you can make that difference. So how much of this is being fought, because if it's not fought, there is a lot of destruction to many, many years of what we were told was feminist thought. Mm. Well,
1: think about the fact that, you know, not to go in a hard, hard right direction here, but this NIL discussion that we're having right now in Congress, right, name, image and likeness, where Collegiate athletes can be compensated for their name, image, and likeness as it's being used to promote sports. There is an effort, a real effort underway to, one, unionize student athletes um, to make them employees of the college, which I think would be a disaster, and then also um, to do a revenue-sharing model the revenue-sharing model would obliterate women's sports as we know it. Literally, the only two sports that would survive a revenue-sharing model within collegiate athletics would be men's football and men's basketball. And so the discussion that we're having uh, in one room, I hear from those on the left screaming at the top of their lungs, we have to protect women's sports. We have to protect women's sports. And then I go down a few floors, and I'm having a conversation with the. leftists and they're saying we need to allow transgender individuals to play in women's sports and i'm thinking am i taking crazy pills am i the crazy one here well the the answer is it's their agenda
0: the answer is maybe you are the crazy one here talking to representative kat kamik of florida the the florida third district but this is part of, of of where i was going so much of this conversation seems to be I mean, if if we're going to define misogyny in any which way, this would be it. There is a real hatred for women that comes out of this movement. What I have not been able to square the circle on is why does it come in so many places, certainly not every place, from other women? Oh, I I don't
1: know. Uh, Again, I mean, I just it's like that example I was just telling you about. You know, I'm talking to people in one room and, you know, the the conversations about NIL and how we have to protect women's sports. And then you go to the next room on the exact same day and those exact same people come in here and then they yell at you that you're not standing up for all women. Well, I can define a woman. (laughs) Some people can't. um, And and god bless them in the south we would say bless your heart um but it's just this is why i keep saying this is clown world and ultimately tony i think this is designed to distract us from what's really going on right we're fighting these culture wars which sometimes i just feel are not silly but it's like you have to ask yourself how did we get here and then you step back and you realize the entire destruction of the constitutional republic is at stake like the the destruction is happening in front of us and they're distracting us with shiny objects over here. Meanwhile, splint, uh, you know, spending money, you know, driving everything into the ground, making people dependent on big government. And it is, uh, sometimes you have to wonder like, is this by design? Like, are they, are they punking us? You know, I, I, I guess as a millennial, I, I still, you know, believe in the whole,
0: Punking thing. Without- oh, no, no, no. So do the rest of us, millennial oh. <laughs> or, or or not. Talking to Representative <laughs> Kat Kamek, you can find her at Kamak, C A M M A C K, Kamak.house.gov. Uh, 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 from uh, your website, from one of your press releases, Congresswoman yeah. Kat Kamak hosts bipartisan farm bill listening session in Florida's third with the House Agriculture. Uh, committee uh, people forget the level of farming that takes place in 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 Florida, specifically in in that dairy world. Most people think uh, of just citrus, um, but you did a tour. You've been doing this for the past month because we've been trying to 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 get together for the past uh, thirty days yeah. to discuss this. Yeah. Talk to me about what the listening tour is. What are you hearing from farmers? Is it industry specific on the farming or on the ranching? Uh, and is it about our economic state? Is it about a competition I- issue? What is what presents issue to our farmers today?
1: So uh, like you said, and, and Tony, you hit it right on the, the head there. Nobody really thinks of Florida as a massive ag state. They think of Florida and they think beaches, palm trees, Disney and oranges, maybe, you know, sometimes. Um, So when you think about Florida agriculture, we have over 300 specialty crops. Uh, We're top three in cow-calf production in the country. Um, Number one in citrus crops, number one in snap peas, watermelons. Um, we do an insane amount of, of peanuts, dairy, as you mentioned. We're number one in uh, 10 different aquaculture categories. It, we are a massive, massive ag state. Uh, we actually feed over 150 million Americans annually. So when we talk about agriculture, we're talking not just about the livelihood of our state. It's the number two economic driver right behind tourism. And some years when tourism is down, it's number one. We're talking about national security. We're talking about the fact that a nation that cannot feed itself is not secure. And we're in a moment in time where people are starting to say, hey, maybe we should import our food. That to me is terrifying. So Number one thing I'm hearing from all of our producers across the state, and Tony, you know this, Florida's like four states put together, right? It's like South Florida is really like North Cuba, you know, and then, you know, the Panhandle's like South Alabama- Uh, Florbama, you know, as people call it. In my neck of the woods, it could technically be like South Georgia, but don't tell Buddy Carter that. He'll lose his mind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We have a hodgepodge in Florida, but it's it's everything that you would hear in other parts of the country. It's the labor issues. It's the lack of mechanization. It's the regulatory environment, which is absolutely killing our producers. Uh, Things like WOTUS. It's the high diesel prices. It's the cost of uh, inputs like fertilizer fertilizers, um, the fact that you have China, which has suspended nitrogen exports and Belarus and Russia, which are the, the world's leader when it comes to potash and phosphate. These are all things that drive up the cost of our food in the grocery store.
0: Right. And then the, the potash and the phosphate is, is a fertilizer conversation. And WOTUS is Waters of, of the United States, yeah. which is about how these farmers get to control how they're going to actually uh, handle the land. And this is about the federal government trying to get in the way of how you water your own crops or how you take care of your own livestock with water that's on your own property. And this is, uh, there's this continued fight. Uh, is there something uh, that you're hearing from the farmers, specifically representative Kemick, that they're saying to you, if we don't change X, the results going to be catastrophic.
1: Um, In Florida, I think there's one thing that is separate from the rest of the country. Um, In Florida, we have been... pretty damaged by trade deals so there's a thing called a seasonal or perishable provision and i don't want to get too far in the weeds that's my pun of the day so tony i hope you're smiling um but one of (laughs) so one of the things that our farmers and ranchers here in the sunshine state are absolutely desperate for is a seasonal or perishable provision which would allow us to sell our crops here domestically i'll use blueberries as an example florida produces 40% of all of America's blueberries, they're in season right now, they're harvesting, and what's happening is Mexico, which has taken the exact same varieties that have been developed using taxpayer dollars, they have been stolen, and they grow that same variety in Mexico, basically paying slave labor wages, not abiding by the same regulatory regime that we have to. And then they export that crop, that harvest, and they dump it on Florida's market, bottoming out our prices. So our farmers cannot sell their produce for the same price that the Mexican farmers can because it's totally inequitable. And so because of NAFTA and subsequently USMCA, there was no protection that was there. So everyone talks about free trade, but free trade should also be fair. And when people are harvesting in America for $23 an hour and they're paying $23 a day in Mexico, where do you think that's going to come from? Right. And so all the environmentalists who say, oh, we need to you know, get rid of all the farms and ranches and all that and that they're bad for the environment, that is such horse crap. You and I both know that. I clean that up for you, just for you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so you didn't have to bleep me out. But think about this. People we're gonna may-
0: we're gonna think about this in one second. Stay right there, Representative Kat Kamek. We're gonna get much more into this uh, subject. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. See, I, I went late with Representative Kamik, and I'll do it again. I'm not even shy about it. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I have a lot more to get into. This is Tony Katz today.